0: Dan and Kate are going to come down now and they're going to come and uh, speak this morning. So we're looking at, uh, in our Bible time, we're looking at five different encounters with uh, Jesus that different people through the Gospel, the Book of Luke have. And last week, Paul and uh, golf was speaking on Jesus' encounter with Satan and that's uh, a really rich talk. You can catch up with it on our podcast or look at the video if you prefer uh, on Facebook From I last week. And this week... Um, Dan and Kate are going to be speaking to us about uh, Jesus' interactions with Peter and his family. So, uh, Lord, we pray that as, as Dan and Kate come and speak to us, we pray that you feed us. Thank you that you will. We pray that you bring these words of an encounter with you to life and know that it's for us today as well. Amen. Over to you guys.
1: Morning, Hope. I'm Dan. Kate's over there, we're really happy to be here this morning. We're continuing our series in Luke uh, on encounters with Jesus, and this morning we're doing Jesus' encounter with Peter. So I'm just going to read the passage, Uh, it's Luke 4 from verse 38 through to chapter 5, verse 11. After leaving the meeting that day, Jesus went into Simon's house, where Simon's mother-in-law was sick with a high fever. The disciples begged Jesus to help her. Jesus stood over her and rebuked the fever, and she was healed instantly. Then she got up and began to serve them. At sunset, the people brought all those who were sick to Jesus to be healed. Jesus laid his hands on them one by one, and they were all healed of different ailments and sicknesses. Demons also came out of many of them. The demons knew that Jesus was the anointed one, so they shouted while coming out, You are the Messiah, the Son of El Shaddai. But Jesus rebuked them and commanded them to be silent. At daybreak the next morning, the crowds came and searched everywhere for him. But Jesus had already left to go to a secluded place. When they finally found him, they held him tightly, begging him to stay with them in Capernaum. But Jesus said, don't you know there are other places I must go to and offer them the hope found in God's kingdom? This is what I have been sent to do. Jesus continued to travel and preach in the synagogues throughout the land. On one occasion, Jesus was preaching to the crowds on the shore of Lake Galilee. There was a vast multitude of people pushing to get close to Jesus to hear the word of God. He noticed two fishing boats at the water's edge with the fishermen nearby, rinsing their nets. Jesus climbed into the boat belonging to Simon Peter and asked him, Let me use your boat. Push it off a short distance away from the shore so I can speak to the crowds. Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished, he said to Peter, Now row out to deep water to cast your nets, and you will have a great catch. Master, Peter replied, We've just come back from fishing all night and didn't catch a thing. But if you insist, we'll go out again and let down our nets, because of your word. When they pulled up their nets, they were shocked to see a huge catch of fish, so much that their nets were ready to burst they waved to their business partners in the other boat for help and they ended up completely filling both boats with fish until their boats began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this astonishing miracle, he knelt at Jesus' feet and begged him, go away from me, master, for I am a sinful man. Simon Peter and the other fishermen, including the fishing partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were awestruck over the miracle catch of fish. Jesus answered, Do not yield to your fear, Simon Peter. From now on, you will catch men for salvation. After pulling their boats to the shore, they left everything behind and followed Jesus. It's an amazing passage. I'm going to talk a bit about the first part of the passage at Peter's house, and Kate's going to tackle the miracle catch of fish. I think it's worth saying that it may not be in chronological order, this passage. The miracle catch of fish may have happened um, before Jesus arrived at Peter's house. Um, That's just something to bear in mind. Uh, The first thing I really want to highlight from this uh, part of the passage is that it begins with Peter inviting Jesus into his home and it results in Jesus healing his entire town. And I think that's uh, a really amazing A really amazing series of events and when i think about my community my neighborhood and our city i would love to see it healed and i would love to see the people in it restored to their original design but when i think about how that how on earth that's going to happen i easily get overwhelmed but when i look at this passage i think the encouragement is that it all starts with us inviting jesus into our homes And I think that's an encouragement for us as well in in this time of lockdown where we're confined to our homes. And I think I just want to say a little bit about family um, because Peter here is inviting Jesus into his family. And lockdown has been an intense time for many of us in our families. Uh, For some of us, we've been thrown together unexpectedly, maybe young people returning home back to moving with their parents or uh, young families sort of in uh, in the house together in the sort of pressure cooker uh, unable to to escape Uh, for others we've been separated from our families and unable to see them and i think sometimes it's easy to read the bible and to think that jesus doesn't care that much about family because there are some passages where jesus says things like "Blessed are you who leave your families or if you want to follow me then you must hate your mother and brother and I, I think sometimes that can be convenient for us because I don't know about you, but for with me and my family, I find it a particularly difficult place to invite Jesus into because relationships are, you know, very complicated. Um, they go back a long time, hurts go deep, and it can feel messy and hard to see what Jesus can do in in some of those situations. And that. Um, My family's been in a fairly difficult spot now for um, a few years, probably about four years, and um, there have been some broken relationships. And uh, that's been really difficult, and at times it's been really difficult to see how God can work for good in that situation and how God is going to redeem those relationships or redeem that that situation. And our experience, really, and our testimony is that God has worked, uh, done an amazing work in my family, uh, he's healed relationships, he's restored people, and he's brought new life into relationships, different relationships that were slightly dormant and stagnant before. Uh, new life has been breathed into those, and it's, God's doing an amazing work. And when I think about what what has our role been in that in, in the past, over the past four years, and uh, really, um, a lot of it has been out of our control. We haven't been able to do very much at all. Uh, but what we have tried to do And try to do repeatedly is invite Jesus into the situation and say, Jesus, we can't do anything. We don't know what the answers are, but you know, and you are powerful in bringing your redemption and bringing healing. And it's just been totally amazing to see what God has done in my family. So I just wanted to bring that encouragement this morning for those of us who perhaps are struggling with our families in lockdown and perhaps finding it difficult to see how Jesus can move in your family. I just uh, really encourage you to continue and to contend for your family, to continue to invite Jesus in into your families and to see his transformational power. And that's what we see here in the passage. We see Peter invite Jesus into his family and Jesus heals his mother-in-law. I think it's also worth saying here, and, and it's I think it's interesting probably to us to see that Peter's living with his mother-in-law, and that would have been um, the norm in that context to live in extended family. But it's certainly not the norm for us now in, in Western society. I think we believed as a as a society now for a while that to live on your own is is a sort of ultimate form of freedom. And the best and only way to raise children and to raise a family is in the nuclear family. And I think perhaps lockdown has shone a light on that and perhaps revealed that it's not always the best way to live. And actually, for for a lot of us, for many of us, lockdown has been a time of loneliness and it's been a really difficult time. And so I think if we as the church uh, are looking to disciple our city and to bring transformation to our city, um, then I think we have the challenge of trying to figure out how we can live in extended households ourselves. And that may mean living under one roof together with other people, or it may mean trying to find other ways of doing life with those around us and those those in our community, in a meaningful and deep way. And I think that's that's been the challenge with the prophetic word that we've had as a church about the eye patch and about our gathered body being strong, but about our scattered body being uh, weaker. And that is the challenge for us, I think, is how do we form those extended households in our city? And how do we um, provide, uh, make sure that we're all in extended households? I think the next thing um, that really strikes me about the passage is that Peter invites Jesus into his home and Jesus heals his mother-in-law. Peter's home then becomes the venue that hosts the transformation of his city, of his town because uh, that evening uh, the words got out people have heard that Jesus has healed that J- Jesus is in the business of healing Peter's mother-in-law actually the healing I think is the first healing that Luke records in his gospel and the word goes out and the people come to him that night and they bring all of the ill and sick of this, of the town hoping that, that Jesus will heal them so I want to bring that encouragement too: that when we invite Jesus into our homes they can become a place of of healing and restoration for those in our community as well. That when people see our lives and they see the transformation and healing power, and when they see evidence of that in our lives, that becomes really an invitation to faith to those around us in our communities for them to believe that the source of our healing can be the source of their healing. And I think that is what we see here in this passage. I think what's amazing is the simplicity of how Jesus heals those that come to him. So a great crowd from the town come to him. They bring all their sick and they come to him. And Jesus heals them. And Jesus doesn't just heal them in one go, like I'm sure he could have done. He could have just said, you're all healed, go home, enjoy. Um, He sees them each individually, one by one. He lays his hand on every person and has an intimate moment with them. And I think that tells you everything about the way that Jesus uh, does life with us, is that he wants those moments with us. He desires relationship. He desires intimate moments with us. And he uh, wants to heal us. He's contending for our healing and our wholeness. And I want to encourage us as well um, in this time of lockdown when we feel like we need a touch from Jesus, when we feel like we need his healing power, um, or, or just to experience his presence, what I 'm encouraged by in this passage is that the only condition, the only prerequisite for Jesus 's healing touch, is to come to him. And I think often we can make it so much more complicated than that. We can worry about um, our, our, how we 've sort of performed, how good a Christian we 've been, whether we're deserving, whether we believe the right thing, whether we 've done the right thing, whether we live the right life. And Jesus doesn't seem to care about any of that in this passage. Um, The only condition was that you go to him. So I really encourage you um, today if you are seeking that healing, if you're seeking um, that transformation power of Jesus. I think the the good news is that it's so simple. It's just to go to Jesus and to ask him uh, because he's contending for you. He is standing at the door and knocking. And that, of course, is the invitation that we're commissioned to extend to those around us as well, to those who uh, who see and um, want that healing and breakthrough for themselves. We are able to extend that invitation and to say, look, the answer is just to go to Jesus. Um, that, that, that's all it is. Um, go to Jesus and, and be healed. Find wholeness. I think the the last thing that I want to draw out uh, from this passage is what happens after um, everyone's been healed is that the next morning Jesus gets up and leaves and the whole town they chase after him and they find him and they say where are you going? Stay with us. It it, it says um, in, in my translation they held him tightly begging him to stay with them and I think this is something that we see happen quite a lot in the Gospels. We see people trying to hold on to Jesus and to to keep him with them. And I think the principle here really is that Jesus calls us on from our place of safety. He doesn't want to reside with us in a place of safety. He calls us on. He's on the move. I love that, um, that phrase from the Narnia books. Aslan is on the move because our God is on the move and he is relentlessly pursuing his vision of bringing God's kingdom to earth. And that is for us in Bristol as much as for the whole earth that Jesus is relentlessly pursuing that mission and he wants more for us than just to sit in our place of, of safety and healing. He calls us on. He's always beckoning us on, calling us out into to deeper water where we can find a thriving uh, relationship with him and he calls us on uh, to find the depths of his goodness and he's got so many good works for us to do with him. He's looking for partners, for friends. He's looking for people uh, to do life with. And that is the exciting invitation uh, that we have. And just on that sort of Narnia theme, I'm reminded of of the quote when um, the, when Mr and Mrs Beaver are explaining about Aslan to the children, and they tell they tell them that Aslan's a lion, and their response to this is a lion. You know, is he safe? And Mr Beaver gives us great reply. He says, safe. Who said anything about safe? Of course he's not safe, but he's good and he's the king. And I think that really sums it up because he is not necessarily safe. He's not going to dwell with us in our place of safety, but he's good and he's the king and he's in control and he draws us out and he draws us on. And that's the exciting journey of faith that he invites us onto. So that's what what I have. Kate's going to come and share.
2: Everyone. Thanks, babes. It's good to good to be with you all um, this morning. We were tempted to abseil down, but thought it would be best to, um, to take the stairs. So um, I just wanted to pick this up really um, where Dan left it. And the next part of this passage in Luke really is um, where Jesus is walking along um, the lakeside side um, by, the, by the Sea of Galilee. And then um, with the with a big crowd following him, and he spots Peter and um, and his business partners and their and their boats. and And Peter and his friends have been out fishing all night and not caught anything. And um, they're there, kind of busily washing their nets, which is what they would have done, kind of at the end of a long shift, um, ready to go home, probably have some food, have some sleep. And um, Jesus says to Peter, "Can I um, can I borrow your boat?" And um, and Peter's like, "Sure." And Jesus hops in with him and begins to teach the crowd. Um, from the boat, and um, and then when he's finished teaching and, and, and sent the crowd away, um, Jesus says something really weird to Peter. Instead of leaving, he um, he he says to him, um, "Row out into deep water and put down your nets for a for a catch," um, which Peter's clearly a bit kind of. Um, shocked by this, it's been a bit of a crazy thing to say. And his response to Jesus is, um, oh well Jesus, we've actually been out working really, really hard all night, we kind of toiled and worked really hard and not caught a thing. Um but because you say so, and it translates literally on on your word, Jesus, I'll I'll do it. Um and what Peter's kind of expressing there is that what Jesus has said is kind of crazy. Um, he knows from his expertise as a fisherman that uh, if you haven't caught anything in the night, you're not going to catch anything the next day because fishing's always always better at night. Um, he's had a really, probably quite disappointing night of work. Um, things are not going well, things are not going to plan. And Jesus, this guy who doesn't know anything about fishing, has suddenly come along and, and said, um, let's try again. And <laughs> But... He, he goes for it. He, he puts his trust in, um, in the words of Jesus and, and rows out for a catch. And we, we all know the, um, the outcome of that, um, that there is this miraculous catch, which um, is enough fish to fill two whole boats. And um, we were kind of looking this up, and um, some research says that that would have been enough for two weeks' wages. That's the kind of level of, of incredible, extraordinary provision uh, that we're talking about. And um, I think what really struck me about this was that Peter has this moment where he has to choose. Um, it was probably quite easy for him to say, you know, yeah, sure, you, you know, Jesus, use my boat. Um, but he, had th- he comes to a moment where he has to choose between what he knows and what he thinks, his experience, his, uh, his past disappointment, and, and what Jesus is saying. Um, is he going to put his trust in, in kind of what he knows and what he thinks, or in in the words of Jesus and I think that is that is a kind of tension that we, we all walk in our our journey of faith isn't it um, and it's easy to in a way to have Jesus in our, in our boat in our life um, to kind of be like sure Jesus you go over there do some teaching um, but there comes a moment for all of us many moments <laughs> if you've been walking with the Lord for a while where the rubber hits the road and it's like is you know Jesus am I going to really respond to jesus 's words and, and really go with with what he 's saying that 's the kind of um, that 's the invitation, and I think what I love about this is that Jesus wants more for for peter he 's not willing to just kind of get out of the boat and be like see you later um, he, um, he wants more um, from this encounter as well he wants to restore. Um, to Peter what he lost in the the kind of failed night of fishing he wants to um, reveal himself as as provider as the one who can miraculously provide this kind of two weeks worth of wages and I think ultimately as well he wants to build build relationship with Peter he wants Peter to to trust him and I think that's the invitation for all of us as we're we're journeying and we're walking with Jesus Um, he's always calling us out into into deeper water, um, into trust, into, into relationship. Um, so as I was kind of uh, thinking about uh, this account from, from Luke, I was reminded of a time um, when I went out in a boat with my dad when I was a kid and, um, and things didn't go so well. And um, when we were younger growing up, we used to go down, for, down to Dorset for family holidays which was really good fun. We did a lot of a lot of sailing back in the day, and my dad um, basically inherited a really old uh, wooden dinghy sailing boat from his parents. And one winter, he spent the whole winter uh, re- refurbishing it and and doing it up so that it would be seaworthy and so that we could use it um, as a family. And I think it was actually um, the ma- possibly the maiden voyage of this boat. Um, or one of the very first times that he took it out, he invited me to go um, to go sailing with him, out in the boat. So we set off um, into this little bay um, together uh, to go in the boat. And as we were uh, just uh, pulling out of the bay into the into the deeper water, past the kind of boats moored there, um, we we turned uh, turned a corner. And, and if you know anything about sailing, you, you um, it's called tacking when you turn, and you have to swap sides in the boat quite quickly and the, the boom kind of and the sail kind of comes over to the other side and you have to kind of hop across and little 10 year old me has kind of hopped across the boat and my dad who's 6 foot 2 um, clambered awkwardly across the other side of the boat and as he did say he put his foot through the wooden hull of the boat enormous sort of cracking noise and um, water basically began to, um, to, pour, to pour into the boat and um i completely freaked out i just lost it and um started yelling at my dad i was like, what have you done we're going to die (laughs) we need to get back to shore right now um and uh dad was there like oh katie you know don't worry it's it's okay it's gonna be fine it's just a tiny crack um why don't we just you know carry on sailing for a little bit and then if it gets bad we can you know go back to the shore um and, um, like, don't worry, it's, it's going to be fine. But I was not listening to him. I was just looking at this hole in the boat and this water pouring in. And, yeah, I wish I could say that I I listened to my dad and trusted him. But I hopped out of the boat and just totally bailed and swam the 400 or so metres back to shore. And um, I was thinking about this in terms of kind of Peter um, making the choice to to trust jesus and i think when things uh, sometimes we can be like out in the boat with jesus and things go a little bit wrong or not as we'd kind of planned or anticipated um and we we always have a choice then don't we to kind of focus on the problem on what's gone wrong or whether to focus on his words and to put our trust in his words like like peter did and uh that's kind of been a, a bit of a story of lockdowns, as well, hasn't it? Because nothing this year has gone to plan in, in many ways. Um, there, I'm sure there have been many holes in the bottom of people's boats. For me, um, it was just before the start of the first lockdown, I made a faith decision to leave my job, which was quite a big deal. Um, and my plan was to start an Airbnb in our house, uh, to, as a, as a basically a, my source of income. Of course, a month in, we go into full lockdown, and I can no longer do that as my as my work. And I had a moment then of basically near kind of total panic, want to bail, jump out of the boat, <laughs> shouting at Jesus, what are you doing? Um, and um, and yeah, I think we can all kind of have those moments of, of panic and fear. But the, the challenge here is to learn to stay, stay in the boat with Jesus, to stay in that place of trust. Um, to hear what he 's saying to us and to trust that over and above our experience our disappointment, even sometimes our expertise and knowledge which can all be you know great things in our lives, but they can often get in the way of um, of us hearing and um, fully trusting jesus so it 's an adventure into the into the deep water with him and I was thinking about how how do we um, how do we do that? How do we learn and practice uh, practice doing that? Well, I was thinking about um, Peter and um, I think it, he didn't really hesitate at all um, to say yes to Jesus' invitation to go go fishing. Whereas, I mean, this is just the start of Peter and Jesus' relationship and you see later on he does have moments, later on in the Gospel accounts, where he, he does, um, does hesitate. Um, I'm thinking of kind of the walking on water Um, the moment where Jesus says to Peter oh I'm I'm actually going to go and die a terrible death and Peter's like no Lord definitely not over my dead body Um, there are other moments when Peter really questions Jesus but in this instance he just says yeah okay let's go for it and I think part of it was maybe because he was just really enjoying hanging out with Jesus for the first time I mean Jesus had just spent like two maybe a couple of hours in his boat we know that Jesus used to teach for a really long time and, um, I think if we love being with Jesus, if we love his presence, if we ha- have a high value on, on just being with him, then when things get difficult, it's much easier to stay in the boat, to stay in his presence, to, um, to focus on him and, and on what, what he's saying. So that would be my kind of first thought about that. And the second was that, um, Peter had been listening to Jesus, um, for, uh, quite a long period of time. I mean, he was probably sat there, you know, going, yeah, yeah, amen, great, or whatever, you know, the teaching that Jesus was doing about the kingdom, and then when Jesus turns to him and goes, let's go out, he's like, okay. Um, and I think it becomes easier to uh, say yes to Jesus's words when our lives are already saturated with them, when our boat is already full of of Jesus's. Words of his truth, of his reality, and so often I think about my life. And there's so many, so many different voices, um, so much kind of going on. And there have been times in my life where I've kind of almost drip fed myself Jesus's words. I've just hitched up to church on a Sunday, and um, you know, that's been my kind of like weekly allowance of Jesus's words, if you like. And the rest of the time, I'm listening to you know, goodness knows what else on. Netflix podcast whatever which is all well and good but um there have also been times when I've really saturated my life with with the words and teaching of Jesus be that through kind of reading the bible um worshiping um we try and kind of worship as a as a house um having a kind of rhythm of prayer and time spent with him and I think if we're if we're saturated, if our boat, if our lives, if our situations are already full of God, what God's saying, then it's so much easier when he says something you know, a little bit more out there than what we're perhaps ready for to, to say yes to it. It's just so much easier. And if we don't know um, what Jesus is saying as well, which um, can be the case, it's not always clear, particularly if we do uh, get a bit stuck. Um, so if we're like in Peter's situation, we've uh, had something like a whole night of not uh, catching anything. Work might be, you know, difficult, might have encountered a problem. Or, um, you know, if we encounter something like the hole in the bottom of the boat. Um, if we don't know what Jesus is saying, then we can just, we can just ask him. It's, it's kind of like Dan said, it's, it's as simple as, as coming to Jesus. The way that I, um, I do that is um, I have a practice of journaling of writing um, and what I'll tend to do is um, is write down is say if I come up against some kind of situation is I'll write down in my journal um, what I think about the situation. I think it's interesting that Jesus kind of, um, sorry Peter kind of got out what he thought he was like oh well actually we've um, been toiling really hard and this hasn't worked so I think sometimes it's important to let out you know like what we think um, or our kind of perspective on a situation, um, so I, I write down that, and then on the next page I just write, "Jesus, what do you think?" And then I leave it blank until I've heard what I've what He's saying to me. And you know, God speaks to us all in different ways, so whatever kind of works for you. But that's that's how um, how I practice listening and putting Jesus's um, words above. My experience, which can be so often based on my own fears and, and disappointments, really. So yeah. So um, I think uh, this account from Luke is incredible. Um, there's this inc- these incredible kind of rewards in in letting Jesus into our lives, into our families and homes, into our boats, into our work. Um, we see this incredible miracle of. Uh, the healing of Peter's mother-in-law and then the whole town. Um, and we see this miraculous catch of fish, this incredible provision, this promise that Jesus wants so much more for us than just to kind of sit in the shallows with, with him. But I think the ultimate kind of reward is this journey with Jesus. I mean, it's it's just the very beginning of Peter and Jesus' friendship, which turns into this lifelong um, relationship, this lifelong friendship, this lifelong partnership which yields so much so much fruit um, in Peter's life but also you know for us for generations for the church. So yeah. Thanks so much guys. It's great to yeah, great to go through it with you. Over to Chris.
0: Thanks Kate, thanks Dan. That's really rich isn't it to sit in that um, in that encounter with Jesus. Brilliant. I think the thing, the two things that kind of struck me as they were speaking was this, this rich warmth of kind of hospitality, of kind of invitation, of kind of I'm for you, I'm good, and I'm on your side, and I've come to bring you life in all its fullness. That's what Jesus brought, wasn't it, to Peter's family, his mother-in-law, his household, his extended family, the town, the whole, the whole town. Um, and alongside that, they were highlighting as well the kind of challenge, the kind of, the, uh, to, to reorient everything, to drop your fishing business and to move on to to, to, to work when you're exhausted, and um, and there's that there's that two things together. and I think often we maybe we just emphasise one or the other, and it's but but both is really what it's like to follow Jesus, isn't it? It's not just about the, the, the you know we can either, we can either just sit in the in the comfort and the appreciation of his love, which is which is good and right, uh, and but not embrace the challenge to leave everything follow him, or we can feel like you know, he's this angry God that's telling us to leave everything and not recognise, actually, he's so for us, he's so rich. But, but but I think they really showed, and I, I think the way they do life, Dan and Kate, they kind of embody that togetherness, that warmth of hospitality uh, and love and welcome, and also recognition that this is uh, will reorient our lives. So in terms of how we respond, I'd love to lead us in a prayer in a minute of maybe we can, we, we can just invite Jesus afresh into our household, conscious that that is both uh, a welcome of intimacy and warmth and life and also a, a kind of a submitting ourselves to saying yes actually we'll, we'll we'll go into a challenge and actually we'll seek out god what is your word to us what is your challenge i'm conscious that simon's finishing his his job this week he's um he's, he's you know like Kate talked about leaving her job he's doing that so that's a, a a stepping out of the boat moment for for him and his family um and for others, there may be there may be this may be a time of you, you know, re- rethinking. Uh, I think Lynn, Lynn for a while has been looking at what is my what's God calling me into. Um, so we might be conscious of, of of each other and others amongst us uh, who are having this call. But why don't we? Would you, if you'd like to join me in this, I'd love to just pray and invite Jesus give our give our homes, welcome Jesus into our homes and into our lives, and th- and also ask Him and invite Him to bring the challenge. So if you're up for that, praying that prayer, then maybe could you stand and. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm going to lead us in praying and you can join in and you can say amen if you, if you agree so Jesus we recognise that you are, um, you are good you said that you described your purpose as coming to give us fullness of life you showed that you uh, have a, a great love for all of your creation all people and we just take a moment now and we receive that love we just agree with the truth that we've been created in the image of God. We're known, and we're loved, and we're cherished. And you came to give us uh, wholeness and, and freedom and life in all its fullness, and we just receive that now in the name of Jesus. Thank you. And now we recognise as well that the way. Way of following you is to align all of our lives according to you. And like Dan said, you, you know, you're not safe uh, like Aslan, but you're good. And uh, so that at times that road of trust will feel scary, um, but as we walk it, we we discover more who you are. So we just again, Lord, we just give our lives to you, and we say, take us on that journey. We invite you. We welcome you to. To lead us, even when we don't know where that is and what that looks like. We submit ourselves, we surrender ourselves, we give ourselves to your leading. Amen. So that's the thing to keep on doing, isn't it? Keep on living in those two things, of receiving and appreciating and and, and, and and, recognizing the goodness of God in our lives. And also, being open and actively seeking, what's your leading? What is it you've got for me today, Lord? What does it look like? Is it, is it being part of the night shelter team this year for the first time? Let Kate know her emails in the comments um, on, on the Facebook if, if, if that's it. Maybe it's something else in your workplace. Maybe it's something else in your community. Loving your neighbour. Uh, the way you function as a, as a household or with, with your family. We've got some great stories through, through hope over the years of God. Uh, Dan was talking about his family uh, in recent times. And we've got some wonderful stories uh, of God moving through families and generations and, and, and healing old wounds and, and, and bringing restoration. And this is the nature of doing life of Jesus. We see this, this life work out over time. Great, we'll finish there. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Loving to be with you. We just, this is, we, we just think this is such a wonderful church, wonderful community of people. We're so grateful to be tracking in life with you and following Jesus together with you. Catch you next time.